Jesus, Lord God. We give you the honor and the glory, Lord. I'm so thankful for the presence of God. And I know that the Lord is going to move in that situation and, and it's going to be there for Sister Veronica. And it's just, you know, she's been part of this church and we've loved her and she's starting to get really acclimated in. And it seems as though that tends to happen when people start to really commit. Then everything comes at them. And I can't even imagine the feeling of having to bury one of your own children. So please, please, let's hold her up in our prayers. I had a a young lady one time. She had just started attending the church. My wife and I were picking her up. And only maybe a month after attending the church, her mom one night just fell on the floor and passed away. It was such a difficult situation. We were able to be there for her and comfort her. I remember several months later, she said to me, she said, Pastor Mia, I just don't understand. She said, it, it seemed like right when I started to attend your church, that all this tragedy happened to me and my mom passed away. So I just don't understand. Did it happen because I was attending this church? And I said, no. I said, you started attending this church at the time you did because God knew those things were going to happen. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Sister Veronica on Sunday graduated the Discover Purpose class. And although we would have treated her like one of us even before that, I think as well, more than ever, we should hold her up in our prayers and our thoughts and our love. Hallelujah. And be a church for her right now and be a comfort for her and her family. Hallelujah. Obviously, let's give them space to mourn, but certainly... Uh, sending some love, a card, or anything like that would be so helpful. I don't know a lot of details yet. I'm hoping tomorrow I'll be able to get more. But let us be the church now. Amen. Can we do that? Can we be the church for her and their family in this situation? Let's do that. Praise God. If you'd like to head in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, We are, of course, continuing in our holiness series. As I've said several times, tonight being the last lesson, I'll say it one more time, and it is especially true in this one. There are so many specifics we could get into uh, when it comes to this topic, Um, but we're we're not going to get into very many of them, at least not very in-depthly, because what we're wanting to do is establish some principles here. This lesson five, we are talking about inside and outside, or inward and outward. And I know we've already talked about private and public. This is going to go down a different vein a little bit here, and uh, we'll look at this just from a different point of view. Second Corinthians chapter 7, Verse 1 seven, says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh 
and of the Spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I know we've brought that up a couple different times in this series, but this time we're going to really focus on that. It says, cleansing ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and the filthiness of the spirit. In other words, what is inside and what is outside. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How about we say a word of prayer and just ask God to speak to us, allow conviction to be here, but also that he would encourage us and help us to be inspired to live for him to the fullest. Let's do that. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for yet another opportunity to come into your presence. We invite you, Lord, to speak to us, Lord. Let your glory be poured out. Let your spirit flow freely, Lord, for we we know that, God, you are in control in this place. I pray that you'd help me to say only what you want me to say, nothing more and nothing less. Help me, Lord God, to be clear and concise. Let there be encouragement, but also conviction in this place, Lord. You are so good, God. I love you, Jesus, and I thank you for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Would you clap your hands and worship the Lord for another moment? Lord, we love you, God. Yes, Jesus, we trust you, Lord. Hallelujah. We have our minds on you, Lord. We trust you, Jesus. We believe in you, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. I looked into some commentaries as to what that means, the filthiness of the flesh, filthiness of the spirit. The Benson commentary, it said this, filthiness of the flesh, all irregular appetites, all outward sins. Then I looked into the definition of filthiness of the spirit. It said, all unhallowed affection, corrupt passions and tempers, and all unholy designs and desires, all inward sins. So today we're talking about holiness inward and outward, inside and outside. Again, these are not simply just a matter of public and private. Absolutely, we need to serve the Lord privately, amen? And we also need to serve the Lord publicly. But this is talking more so about the specific sins, those corrupt passions on the inside, but also the irregular appetites on the outside, the fact is here today that neither one of these can be left out. 
We can't sit around and say, well, God doesn't care what I do on the outside. He only cares what I do on the inside. And we can't say God only cares what I do on the outside. He doesn't care what I think about on the inside. The fact of the matter is God cares about both. Amen. Hallelujah. And even David, he communicated this. I want you to hold on to this verse of Scripture throughout this. He says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I don't know why I had connected to this verse when I was much younger. I first started to get a hold of God and and give my life to the Lord. For some reason, this passage of Scripture stuck out to me. I put it to memory. Hallelujah. But I know that this passage of Scripture really helped me in many ways because it's reflecting the words of my mouth. Hallelujah. He says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. I don't know about you, but I want what happens on the inside to be acceptable, but I also want what happens on the outside to be acceptable. Amen. Hallelujah. Just because it's not coming out your mouth doesn't mean it isn't wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. And just because it's coming out of your mouth doesn't mean but you're inside you're a good person. That's just not the case. And already with that one little saying that felt a little awkward. And we're going to discuss why, because truthfully, you cannot let it come out of your mouth if it's not already in your heart, right? Hallelujah. But we cannot leave one done and not the other. And we'll talk about all that. But he says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. It sounds a lot like cleanse yourself from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. This passage of Scripture right here actually connects to another passage of Scripture in 1 John 3 and 3 when it says, let us cleanse ourselves. It has an identical meaning to 1 John 3 and 3 when it says, purify thyself or purifieth himself. It even starts out with the same type of mindset. First John 3 and 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What does that mean exactly? Well, it's talking about when he comes back, our bodies will be transformed and we will be given glorified bodies. It says in Philippians 3.21, who shall change our vile body? Yeah, that's the perspective that we should have of our bodies. Hallelujah. This body is vile. Its desires are vile. Its appetites are vile. There isn't much good in the body. Hallelujah. He says, who shall change our vile body? I can't wait to take off this vile body and put on 
that new body, hallelujah, from Christ Jesus. He says that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. What is it talking about the glorious body? When Jesus rose from the grave, there were certain things that he could do. Like, for example, he was able to walk through walls, right? Because the door was shut and all of a sudden Jesus appeared. He was able to rise up into the heavens, right? Because he had a glorious body. He was able to appear and disappear as it seemed uh, randomly to some of the disciples. He had a glorious body, meaning he was not connected to the, the, the bodily functions and desires and appetites as our body is. It was an upgrade, if you will, to the body. Oh, man, I can't wait for that upgrade. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, where I can shed the vile affections and desires of this flesh and take on that holiness. Praise the Lord. That's what we need to desire here today. I don't know about you, but I'm still awaiting the return of Jesus Christ. I'm still anticipating letting go of this carnal nature. I wish somebody was getting with me here today. Hallelujah. I know we've only got a couple, but if this is something you want, why? Why don't you go ahead and shout yes? Yes, that's what we want. That's what we desire. It's to be transformed. Our bodies will be transformed and given glorified bodies. This is so important. That's what 1 John 3 and 2 is speaking of. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, given glorified body, for we shall see him as he is. Look at the next verse. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. In other words, if I'm going to carry the same body that Jesus Christ carried, then I need to purify myself as he was purified. And much like our key passage of Scripture when it says, having therefore these promises. What is the promise? The promise that I should shed this old man and take on a glorified body. The promise that I shall be with him in paradise. The promise that I shall ever be with the Lord. The promise of eternal salvation. He says, therefore, having these promises, you need to look very carefully at your body and at your spirit, at your flesh, at at the outside and the inside, in the inward and the outward. He says, if you are anticipating, if you are excited about these promises, if this is your hope, then cleanse yourself from all the filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfect your holiness and be pure as he is pure. Oh, hallelujah. How about you clap your hands to the Lord right now? Um, thank you, Jesus. Praise God, because hear me today. Perfect holiness cannot be achieved without purity. 
perfect holiness cannot be achieved without holiness. Perfect holiness cannot be achieved if the inside is holy, but the outside is not. Perfect holiness cannot be achieved if the outside is holy, and yet the inside is not. Hallelujah. The only way to perfect it is that both inward and outward holiness be applied to our life. Hallelujah. And the fact is today it says that we have this hope that we must purify ourselves even as he is pure. We also see in 2 Corinthians 7 that we are to cleanse ourselves. Now we recognize today that Jesus is the only one who can make us holy. He's the only one who can cleanse us of our sins. But what this is talking about is he's talking about cleansing and purifying the thoughts and the minds in the mind. Cleansing and purifying the body from all of its sin and addictions. Cleansing the body of the things that it is used to doing. And he makes this point that yes, although God certainly makes us holy, we do have a responsibility here. It is not purely just God doing a work on me. I need to cleanse myself. I need to purify myself. I need to take a deep, dark look into my own heart and my own mind. I need to reflect on my own actions and my own words because God purifies me from past sins. But it's my responsibility to purify myself from future sins. Hallelujah. God cleanses away the things I've done in the past and makes me holy. But if I'm going to retain that holiness... I have to work on it. I have to fight for it. I have to cleanse myself of certain things. I have to purify myself of certain things. That's why the Bible says work to enter in to that rest. Yeah, it takes some work. Yeah, it takes some determination. Yeah, it's going to take cutting some things out of your life and getting rid of things that this flesh likes to do. But if you're able to do it... You can enter into that rest. And one day you'll never have to fight the flesh again. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. One day you'll never have to struggle again. One day you'll never have to worry about that alcohol again. You'll never have to worry about that sexual sin again. You'll never have to worry about the flesh dragging you back into something again. If I work today, I get to rest for all of eternity against the flesh, without the flesh. Oh, I don't know if you that makes you excited. That makes me excited. How about we clap our hands and thank the Lord? But I must be willing to do the work today. I must be willing to do the work today. And I must do it myself, of course, with the help of God. But I don't need anybody else to tell me something is wrong for me to realize it's wrong. In fact, 
if I may even just step on a little bit of a line here, not to be terribly controversial, but I don't believe I need to wait for the heavens to open up and for deep, dark conviction to overshadow me before I can recognize sin. The Bible tells me what sin is, right? And if I can do that sin and not feel bad about it, that doesn't mean it's not sin. That just means you're desensitized from the feeling of that conviction. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. That's why it says purify himself, cleansing himself, because I have to recognize I've got a responsibility to try to be like Christ. If I feel conviction or don't, if the Bible says it, it's wrong. If somebody says it's wrong or if somebody says, no, you can do that, that's fine. But you know it's wrong because the Bible says so. I've got to cleanse myself. I've got to purify myself. That word pure. From the Hebrew word or Greek word, hagnos, it means properly clean, figuratively innocent, modest, perfect, chaste, clean, pure. Sounds a whole lot like holiness. We must be holy. And at the end of the day, if that's not enough, of a reason for you want to for you to want to get holy. If it's not the idea of what may come isn't enough. How about what already has happened? You see, because my Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians 6:19, it says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which both are God's. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Let me tell you, he already died on the cross. He allowed his body to be slain on that cross for you and I. And by doing so, he bought us with a price. Not just the inward man, but he bought the outward man. And he says, don't you know you're my temple? Don't you know you're my box? You're the new man that I live in? And just as I was holy in the first man, I desire to be holy in the second man. Just as I was holy on the cross, I desire to be holy in this present time and in this present world. Hallelujah. He says, for I have bought you with a price. Don't act like your body is just something for you to mess up. Well, it's my body. Praise God, I almost got a little controversial there. I'll avoid that one. But, but listen, when I was filled with the Holy Ghost, this stopped being my body. I just became the manager of the body, but I'm not the owner. 
I gave up this body to the Lord. And he, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. He became the owner. Hallelujah. And as owner, he gets to determine how this body lives and how this body acts and how this body looks. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. If you've ever given your body up to the Lord, let me tell you, you got to be less concerned about how you want your body treated and more concerned about how he wants your body treated. Be less concerned about what this person thinks about how you look or that person thinks about how you look and start caring about how God thinks about how you look because his opinion is the only one that matters because he purchased you for a price. He gave his his body on the cross so that you can become his body. And if you really care about how you look, consider how he looked when he purchased your body. He did not. He he could have done everything he could to to break down those walls, to kick away the, the guards who were hitting him and putting crown of thorns on his head. And he could have called the angels at any moment, but he submitted himself to the most gruesome crucifix and torture that a man can can know. He submitted himself to it, rest allowing everybody to come stand at the foot of that cross and see the ugly and see the blood and see the 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 the, the cuts in his flesh, to see the agony in his face. He allowed all those people to recognize him. The body says that he was humiliated. He was stripped naked. Oh, Oh, hallelujah. He, he, all those things were done to that body so that he may purchase your and my body. And we have the audacity to say, well, God, I want to look like this. I think I look better this way. And God says, I purchased your body. I destroyed mine in order for your body to be purchased and for me to put my spirit inside of you. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm still thankful that I've got the spirit of God in me, that I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. And as such, I feel like there is a responsibility. There's an honor that must be kept when I think about how I got the Holy Ghost inside of me. How can I treat myself or other people in certain ways when I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost? In the Old Testament, they overlaid the temple with beautiful gold. In the New Testament, God calls us to overlay this temple with humility and love and meekness. Hold yourself to an honorable, honorable position because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I'm a, I've got to move a lot faster than this, but Luke chapter 11, verse 39, Jesus has a conversation with the Pharisees. And the Lord said unto them, him, now do ye Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup 
and the platter, but your reward, or inward part, rather, is full of ravening and wickedness. He says, ye fools, did not he that made that which is without make that which is within also? They were obsessed with the outside of the cup. And they would not clean the inside of the cup, which to me just seems so silly. Uh, I, I'm, I'm one who, you know, I like to drink tea. I know, you know, I'm going to get text messages later about how I need to change that. I like to drink tea. It's one of my favorite beverages to drink. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have a couple cups that I use and I, I trade off on. And every now and then I go to get tea and I look in that cup and it's pretty gross. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to wash it, right? You can't, there's some people, they don't ever wash it, but you got to wash it. They, you know, they want the flavor to sit in there. You know, it's best after the third or fourth cup, right? But in actuality, that could make you very sick. You got to wash the inside of the cup. But they were obsessed with watching, washing the outside of the cup. It's because they were not afraid of it hurting them. They were afraid that people were going to think it was going to hurt them. Or people were going to think that they weren't as well put together as they really are. And we do that a lot too. We pretend like everything is okay. No, we're fine. We're not struggling. We're not fighting. Everything is a-okay. We purify the body. We put on our nice suits and we put do our hair nice and we, you know, we carry ourselves in, you know, like the, the, the family that, you know, fights and fights to get to church. Then they walk into church and then it's perfect. Or the mom who's yelling like, you know, nonstop to her kids, and then she answers the phone, hello. <laughs> because we want people to look at us as if we have it all together. And what we see in this passage of scriptures, the Pharisees were obsessed with the appearance. Today I'm talking about the two sides of this coin where we can become so obsessed with what we look like and the appearance that we forget the inside. I've had, I've had several people through the years tell me, that, Pastor, I, I, you know, I, I know that you believe in outward holiness and you, you believe in the Bible saying certain things about how we should dress and, and how we should act. And, but but you, know, you know, I've seen people who'd look the part, but... Inside, they were nasty and they were mean. Said, so that's why I don't even bother to look the part. <laughs> so, well, well, I get what you're saying because we cannot purify the outside of the cup and not purify the inside. Amen. Hallelujah. We can't use, we can't look at our, ourselves and say, well, let me just look like I'm right. Let me just look like I'm perfect. But on the inside, I truly am not. There was a certain pastor. He, this was back in the hitchhiker days when it was okay to hitchhike. But he picked up an Indian hitchhiker. This 
uh, Indian hitchhiker had broken English when she, he began to invite her to church. She said to him, my wife, obviously meaning her husband, but she said, my wife, he big Christian. He go to church all day Saturday night and Sunday too and a cuss and cuss a poor Indian all week. <laughs> obviously what she meant is he goes all night Saturday night, all day Sunday too, but on Monday he's not who he acts like he is on Sunday. That same pastor, when he took over another church, he had a, an evangelist from New Zealand come, and he told him that story. The evangelist said in New Zealand, they call that kind of person a church angel and a house devil. A church angel and a house devil. Oh, God, help us that we would not be a church angel and a house devil. That we wouldn't glorify him with our appearance, yet inside we're full with dead men bones, as Jesus said. Hallelujah. That we wouldn't pretend on the outside, but on the inside we're just impure. But let me also be a warning here today that although it is absolutely essential, we'll talk about how important it is to cleanse the inside. We cannot do the one and not the other. Jesus wasn't implying that you should only clean the inside of the cup, but rather, why don't you go ahead and purify the inside and the outside? Because the same God that created you inward is the same God that created you outward. And he says, if you're going to be pure, you got to do it both on the inside and on the outside. Hallelujah. So we can't say, well, some people are pure on the outside, but inside they're nasty. So I'm not going to be pure on the outside. You can't do the one and leave the other undone. That's what Jesus says. And listen to me, hallelujah, there's so many sins in Scripture that has everything to do on the outside. And yes, I re re recognize that on the inside it's also important, but on the outside specifically it is determined, it is stated in Scripture, like Ephesians chapter 5 and 3, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. He's saying all of these things that you've allowed to go on in your life, you need to cut it out. And for some reason, that skipped one, verse 5. It also says, For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. In other words... If all we do is focus on the inside and never the outside, and we don't worry about this stuff, and we say, well, I can do whatever I want to do on the outside as long as I know my heart is right. He says, no, the actions on the outside can keep you out of heaven just as much as the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
1 Corinthians 6.15, the one we've already talked about, he's specifically talking about sexual sins. 1 Corinthians 6.15, he says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. What he's saying is, when we commit those types of sins, we join bodily in those sins. And what is meant to be one body for the Lord has now become one body with that which is sinful. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which we have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What he's saying is, he's saying this, these ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Don't wash the inside, but not the outside, and don't wash the outside and not the inside. We recognize today, however, the importance of washing the inside. I, be, I agree that washing the inside is more important than washing the outside. But this isn't which one should we do. It's both. Hallelujah. In verse 25 of Luke or Matthew 23, it says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye may clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisees, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, and that the outside of them may be clean also. What he means is if you take time to clean the inside of the cup, you can't even help it. The outside of the cup is going to get clean as well. Again, he says we can't leave the other without the other undone. Leave, do the one and leave the other undone. But what he is saying here is he's saying the importance of the inside of the cup is more and greater than the outside of the cup. Why is that? It's because, listen, if I could sit here all day long and preach, you should do this and you shouldn't do that, and you should wear this and you shouldn't do that, but unless you have the inside cleansed, Unless the inside of you has been cleansed out and given to the Lord. Unless the inside of you has been seeking after God. Unless you've committed the inside, then you're not going to do that which is on the outside. Ministers can plead, dress modestly. But if holiness is not of the heart, a person will not obey. That's why he says... Yeah, go ahead and clean the inside first. Make sure the inside is clean. Because that which is inside 
if it is cleaned, then it will reflect on the outside. Because if I can get my heart and commit it to the Lord, as we've already discussed in past lessons, if I can fall in love with the Lord and love him with all of my heart, then I am not going to sin against him. I will not sin with the body. Am I right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Romans 12.1 tells us, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Why is that reasonable? Because he already presented his body a sacrifice. He says, so it's not much of a difference. He presented his body as a sacrifice. Now I'm telling you, present your body as a sacrifice. Be holy. Make it acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable service. But look at verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is how we're transformed. It's by the renewing of the mind. It's by the cleansing of the inside. It transformed the whole being that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So this is what he tells us. Renew your mind, your heart, the inside in the Lord. Renew your commitment to living holy on the inside. Renew your fortitude on that which the Lord has already shown you. And then present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Renew the inside and present the outside. Everybody say, renew the inside. And everybody say, present the outside. Praise God. Again, both are essential. But it's the renewing that will transform. But that doesn't mean at the end of the day, I shouldn't present. Everybody shout present. Present. Let me tell you something. That's important right there, present. Because God forbid we do all of this, and yet we don't have a godly presentation. Am I right? God forbid that we come to church and we pray all this and we put in all these hours of prayer time, put in all these hours of study time and fasting and going to church and all that, and yet when we leave the door, the the building, we're not presenting our bodies as holy and acceptable. Hallelujah, because this is so important, because Luke 6, and I'm almost done, it says, for every tree is known by his own fruit. In other words, yes, Jesus knows your heart. You can walk around and say, Jesus knows my heart. Jesus knows my heart. All day long, that's great, but nobody else does. Nobody else can see the in-depth sources of your heart, desires of your heart. Nobody else can look deep inside of you and see if you're genuine or not. I don't care how good of a lie detector they are. Nobody else can know that but God. The only thing we see is what you present. The only thing we see is the fruit hanging on your limbs. 
For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. Verse 45, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. What he's saying is, is he's saying that what is going on on the inside, it's going to reflect in my fruit and how I present myself. But if I do not purify the inside, then it's not going to be purified on the outside. And listen, if you have a hard time saying, well, I need to be holy on the outside, or you have a hard time saying, well, maybe there's some things I shouldn't wear because the Bible says so, or maybe there's some things I shouldn't say because the Bible says so, or places I shouldn't go because the Bible said so. If you're saying that, then maybe... You need to do a closer look on the inside and say, where is my treasure lie? Where does my treasure lie? Does my treasure lie in the scriptures? Does my treasure lie in the glory of God? Does my treasure lie in a commitment toward the Lord? Or have I conformed to the world and not allowed myself to be transformed just yet? Maybe I need to go back to that prayer room. Maybe I need to go back to Scripture. Maybe I need to look closer again and say, God, whatever you need to do. I tell you, I can't tell you how many times I've walked over to my closet and I said, God, show me what you want me to wear. Show me what you want me to wear. Because again, it's the flat or the fruit that we must bear. Romans chapter 6, 19. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your member servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your member servants to righteousness unto holiness. For ye, when ye were the servants of sin... You were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin, become servants to God. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. You say, now... And I've given my life to God. I've become a servant to God. Hallelujah. He says, now fruits of holiness will begin to grow off of my limbs. And you're not even going to be able to help yourself. You're going to start thinking differently and acting differently and dressing differently and going to different places. And when you do those things, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel off. He says, because you've got fruits of holiness growing from your limbs. You're presenting yourself a living sacrifice. And the result, it's everlasting life. It's a glorified body. It's going to heaven with him in paradise. That's the end result of being free from sin and becoming servants to God. How about we stand here today?
Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, Lord Jesus. This doesn't mean that we're not going to mess up from time to time. And from time to time, we're not going to say the wrong things or do the wrong things. But it does say, hallelujah, that if I will renew myself in the Lord again, he'll transform me. He'll show me how to live. Hallelujah. To renew the mind, it means to reconnect it to the glory of God. Renew it into the thoughts of purity, good things, not the negative things or the bad things, uh, but to connect myself again to righteousness and holiness. I wonder if tonight uh, in this place we can come down to this altar and we could do that.